Okay, so a few weeks back, I was, I was looking something up biblically, and one reference led me to another reference, led me to another reference, and quite honestly, I kind of forgot what I was looking at. Um, I think Google taught me that, or surfing the web somehow taught me that, that you can just go from one subject to the next and forget why you got where you were. But I stumbled into uh, Colossians. I was actually steered to Colossians, and I ended up in chapter 3, which I end up in chapter 3 in Colossians. I don't know. There's a lot of references there. And I don't know if you're real familiar with Colossians, but it's not that big of a book. And I was looking at chapter 3, and I got into chapter 3, and I said, you know what, I'm going to step back and take a look at this again. Uh, New eyes, if you will, chapter 3. And I started at the beginning of chapter 3, and I got to the end of chapter 3, and I was kind of like, wow. Everything everything you need is kind of right there as far as living as a Christian. And so I started picking through Colossians, one word at a time, one verse at a time, one word at a time with, with a concordance, and I'm going through it. And I've committed, I haven't got there yet, but I've committed to re- memorize the entire chapter of chapter 3 in Colossians. But, but here we are this morning. I just encourage you all to look at chapter 3, but we're getting ready to worship. And before we worship, I want to focus on one verse. Verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, richly, copiously, abundantly, the word of God. Let it dwell in you in all wisdom, teaching, admonishing one another in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Let's all rise, shall we? Dwell in us richly by singing hymns, spiritual songs, and singing with grace in our hearts to the Lord. Savior, Jesus, Father, Lord, we thank you for all that you've done, for all that you continue to do and all you will forever do for us, blessed richly and abundantly. Father, we sing. We sing to you, Lord, to dwell in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. The Word of God says that when he overcame, he rose on high. He was seated next to the Father in the seat, the right hand, the seat of power. It says that. It says the seat of power. Why do we have power? Why does he have power? Because of his obedience unto death. Because he was obedient. Because he did what Adam didn't do. He obeyed his father all the way. And in that is power. You may be seated for just a moment. It's communion Sunday and one of my desires as a pastor is that that the things that we do on a regular basis that could become could become ritualistic never does this isn't a ritual this isn't a this isn't a well it's the first sunday of the month we should just move it to the second sunday every once in a while just just to mess with people 
But it's not the ritual of it, it's the truth of it. The truth of what Jesus did. Boy, every, you know, if you notice these songs, they, they had the word blood in it a lot and they had the word power in it a lot. That's interesting to me because the Holy Spirit's been talking to me about power today. Power. The power of His resurrection. The power that's still ours. He's sitting on the, the right hand of the Father on the seat of power. He's not a benign God. He's not, he's not a far off distant God that doesn't have any authority or any power. He has all authority and all power. And why does he have that? Because he was obedient. He did what God told him to do. His father told him to do. In Matthew chapter 26, it says, Now, now as they were eating, Jesus took bread. And after blessing it, broke it and gave it to his disciples. Come forward, you guys. And said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink of it, all of you. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. He was obedient. He did what his father said to do. He knew what was going to happen. He knew by because of the scripture, because of the, by the Holy Spirit, he knew what he was walking into. But he did it for you and he did it for me he so loved the world that he gave and this morning we're going to remember him as we receive communion we remember the sacrifice we remember the death we remember the suffering but we also remember the resurrection the power of his resurrection the power that power is still ours. That power is still ours. Glory to God. Father, we do thank you so much. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you that you so loved this world that you gave your only begotten Son. That whosoever should believe in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, we do remember you this morning. We remember this and we celebrate it, Lord. We celebrate your obedience. We celebrate your faithfulness. We celebrate your sacrifice because it has given us the ability to be a part of the family of God. And we're so glad. We're so thankful today, Lord. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise. This morning, if you're new here, first time, you're more than welcome to receive communion with us. If you're thinking, well, wait a second, you know, don't I have to be born again? Sure. We can take care of that too. Right now. You don't have to wait a minute. You've experienced, even this morning, you've experienced the presence of God. Why say no? Why say no? Why, why say, well, wait one more day? Don't wait one more day. Tomorrow's not for, for sure. Today is for sure. Today you're here. Today is the day of salvation. Well, how do I do that? Do I have to join the church? No. You can't join the church. 
you join the kingdom. When you join the kingdom, when you say, yes, Lord, when you say, come into my life, forgive me of my sins, be my Lord, be the Lord of my life, you just entered a kingdom, which this church just happens to be a part of the kingdom. But it's because it's by a decision in your heart. I'm not going to have an all. I, I haven't done, had people raise their hand or come forward. The Lord's led me not to do that for years now. Why? Because it's a decision you make in your heart. It's a decision you make. Not because somebody talked you into it or coached you. It's a decision you go, yep, I'm in. I want what Jesus did for me on the cross. I, I believe that what he did on the cross, he died in there for my sins. And I'm putting my hope in him, my eternal hope. And you can make that decision right here, right now, without even closing your hands, bowing your head, raising your hands, none of it. All you have to do is say, yes, Lord, be the Lord of my life. Come into my life. Live big. You do that, you're in the kingdom. It says you step over from death to life. There's power. The rejuvenating power of the Spirit of God changes you from the inside out. You don't have to be perfect. Don't wait to be perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm getting perfecter. I'm getting more perfect as we get, because it says mature. Perfect means mature. I love you guys. You want to be a part of a family that loves each other. You want to be a part of a family that's real. Can't get any more real than this bunch. But this morning, if you receive him, let somebody know. Tell somebody. Tell somebody you're sitting. The Bible says that you believe in your heart, but you speak it with your mouth. And I know it's happened. We've heard reports of people walking out to their car going, hey, by the way, I prayed that prayer. I received Jesus this morning. That's what I want. You tell somebody. When you tell somebody, it seals it. I encourage you to do that. We're going to receive communion now. Good morning. So good to see everyone today. So glad you're doing well. Enjoying summer. Actual summer. We have a lot of things going on this summer, a lot of activities, a lot of opportunities. We're going to do the, uh, the announcements at the end today so that uh, you'll remember them as you walk out the door. But uh, this morning, I want to take a few minutes before I get into the sermon, and I want to introduce to you uh, a couple of young men who are going to be spending the summer with us. You've uh, met... Maybe have met them already, or one of them, or both of them. Um, the, uh, they are here from uh, Karis Bible College in Colorado. Uh, I, no, I almost said Colorado Springs. It used to be in Colorado Springs. Now it's in, in uh, Woodland Park, Woodland Park, Colorado. Uh, we were introduced through the ministry there, Pastor Greg Moore, uh, who was here in March, uh, had invited me to come out, and I spoke at Karis uh, to their third-year program uh, on church planting. He had heard our vision, he had heard what God is doing here, and, and uh, he says, I need you to come out and, and speak to our third-year class 
on that. So uh, I went out, Pastor Jonah went with me, Fetzer, and he had, he's a graduate of Karis. And we went out and we spoke uh, at their third year program in the morning, two hours on church planting. And then as uh, we got done, uh, Pastor Greg walked over to me and he goes, hey, what are you doing uh, the rest of the day? And I said, well, actually, you know, we're, we were just wondering if we could just sit in on a couple of classes. And he said, well, of course you can. And he says, why don't you come to my class? He says, I'm teaching a class upstairs uh, right after this. And he says, why don't you come on? I'll introduce you. Why don't you come up and I'll introduce you? And I said, okay. So I thought we were going to go up and there would be a few students there and he would introduce me. And so he, we get there and the room's packed. There's over 200 students in the, uh, in the class. And the class starts, he calls me up and he says, uh, he says, this is Pastor John Neitzel. He's working in Minnesota and Wisconsin, starting churches, blah, blah, blah. He, he spoke to our third year class, hands me in the microphone. He goes, here, just share for a while. He's like, <laughs> In season and out of season, exactly, yeah. So I spoke for a few moments, just kind of gave a brief oversight and got done. And he says, well, he says, I want you, to, you know, everybody here, I want, I want, if you have any desire to know more about church planting, I want you to go talk to them during the break. So there's an hour class and there's an hour class. So a number of students came up and talked to us and, and we just, you know, kind of shared what we're doing, you know, a little bit. It was interesting. And the second hour started and he stood up in front of the class and and he said, uh, you know, he says, uh, during the break, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And he said, at least two or three of you are supposed to go to Minnesota this summer and do an internship with this ministry. And I turned to Pastor Jonah and I said, I guess we have an internship program. <laughs> I was like, well, praise the Lord. You know, sometimes as God leads you, all you have to do is just follow his lead. Amen. You just walk with him. And, and since then, we've you know, just kind of left it out there. And, and both uh, Brian and Justin came and talked to me after that, the second hour, and just said, you know, well, how to get more information. I pointed them towards our website and such. And we, we had been talking since January off and on. And they committed to come here and be a part of what we're doing here in the valley. Uh, for the next three months, but I want you to, you know, get to know them a little bit. So please welcome Justin uh, Arenas and Brian Welsh. Come on up. I don't know if you guys decided who's going first. Yeah. You did. Okay. Hey. Well, you drove the short. <laughs> there you go. Everybody. No. Okay. It's on. Cool. All right. So, uh, man, the Holy Spirit is so awesome. Um, well, first of all, I just want to thank immediately um, Jamie and the worship team um, just for creating this atmosphere. I know that um, God doesn't require an atmosphere for him to be able to move, but us as people, we oftentimes require an atmosphere to be able to receive from him. And so I just thank you so much for creating this atmosphere. It's cool to stand here in this. Amen. To... Uh, to stand up here in this anointing, it makes it a lot easier. Um, but uh, it's so cool. I was, uh, um, hopefully I can keep this under five minutes, but um, I was, uh, had a direction I was kind of going to go with my introduction. And um, about sometime yesterday, the Holy Spirit was like, I want you to tell a testimony about my power. And um, when Pastor John was up talking about just the power um, of the resurrection and, and God's power, it just was kind of like, man, Holy Spirit, you're so cool. So... Um, Anyway, I'll just try to speed through a little bit of my history. Um, I, uh, I've been kind of uh, grew up 
I've been through the whole gamut of um, Presbyterian to Pentecostal, like literally from Baptist fundamentalist all the way up to full-blown Benny Hinn. So I've seen, <laughs> I've been kind of everywhere, um, and I've, I've just have. It's a long journey, like everybody else, and I've, um, I've been, been born again, and then um, just kind of walked away and went back into bondage a couple different times. And um, so I've just experienced the grace of our Lord um, so deeply. So, um, but anyway, the testimony that he wanted me to tell was uh, about uh, a month ago. Um, we have a mission trip at Karis that we go on. I know a lot of students here went on mission trips for, that went to Karis. And um, I, I don't like public speaking. I've just, this has freaked me out more than anything else that I've probably ever done. And um, I was, uh, my class picked me um, to uh, give a testimony the, my mission trip group picked me to give a testimony in front of the whole school, which was like seven, eight hundred people. And I remember I, I couldn't make it to the meeting where we decided that. And I remember thinking, <laughs> man, right, with friends like you guys, who needs enemies? But uh, um, so I ended up trying to step into it. But it, what happened was really uh, crazy. There are um, I right before I was to go up, like I just started getting demonically attacked, like uh, just torment of of what the testimony I was going to say and the message I was going to say. And it was just otherworldly. And I remember standing there going, what is up with this? This feels so absurd and inappropriate for the situation. And um, I, I wanted to run and literally leave the um, Karis Bible College facility. It, I was under such attack. And anyway, I ended up just saying, you know what? I know what the root of this is. This is fear of man. And I need to just face this. I don't want to keep going around this mountain. So um, I remember just walking up to the front of the stage and saying, if I, if I just stand there and drool or weep in front of people for the however long I'm supposed to be up there, I don't care, I'm not backing down. And um, I walked up there, and I remember there are certain moments in your life when the supernatural crosses over to the natural, and you, you sense that power. And when you're, those are moments when you can't deny the existence of the supernatural and the existence of the Lord. And this was one of those moments where I was there, I experienced what happened, and as I was absolutely just freaking out full of demonic torment, and I, I clicked the mic on and I looked up at everybody, and I've never been hit in my entire life with a greater sense of peace and power and a sound mind. And I was just like, whoa kind of like what what's happening anyway I was able to I was so full of peace I couldn't speak fast enough and I didn't get my message out because I like couldn't even speak very fast but um I got that message out and I remember they like had to pull the microphone away from me I was so in the spirit I had no idea about time or anything and I, I walked back to the end of this back of the stage and I'm standing there and um I just asked the Lord I said what just happened and um so I don't know about you guys, but I get a lot of my revelations. I'll try to speed through this really quickly. I get like at between 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning. That's when the Lord decides he wants to speak to me. And so nothing was different. About 2 o'clock that night, I could tell the Lord was um, trying to speak to me. And sometimes I'll push it away, and I'm like, no, I need sleep. But this time I was like, yeah, I want to hear this. So he said, he said, Brian, the only thing that the supernatural realm and the kingdom of darkness responds to is power. And he said that um, what you did when you walked up there, you, the, there's basically there's two kinds of power. The power of darkness is lies and darkness. And the power of our kingdom is truth and light. And he said what you did is when you, faith, basically it's, it's only 
the truth and light has to get, once it gets equal or greater to the lies and the darkness, the lies and the darkness are just gone. And the cool thing was that, so he said when you got up there, the truth and the light, just the, the lies just left. And you were in perfect peace because the fear and the torment had to leave because the truth and the light was there. And the cool thing was the analogy that he gave me was um, of uh, the woman with the issue of blood. And if in that moment, and if you're a CARE student, um, you've probably heard that message like 70 times um, from several different angles, and they're all awesome. So this is the 71st one. But what he, what he told me was um, that uh, when the woman touched Jesus, that her faith was pulling on truth and light. Like literally, that's the substance faith pulls onto. And so doubt and fear pulls onto lies and darkness, and faith pulls onto truth and light. And he said that woman's, that sickness that she had for 12 years was a lie. And it was darkness. And when she pulled on that truth and that light, it had to go like right now. Like truth exposes, lies don't want to be exposed to the truth. Darkness does not want to be exposed to the light. And so everything had to leave. So anyway, um, um, yeah, I just, I better wrap it up right now. But that's just the testimony the Lord wanted me to share today about his power, that we just have access to his power. When we stand on the promises and we take steps towards faith, like I walked out on that podium, we have to take steps of faith that we pull in the truth and the light and that darkness and those lies can't be around anymore. So I, I'm, anyway, I, um, my name is Brian, by the way, I think I said that <laughs> in the beginning. And, um, I'm just looking forward to um, serving you guys and serving with you guys and being able to grow with you guys this summer. So I'll, I'll give it. And I gotta say one word really quick about my teammate here, um, Justin. Since I've got to know him this week, this guy is you're gonna love him. He just has. I've never met anybody with a pure heart and a more genuine um, faith, just a boldness. That I went to the Mall of America with him yesterday, and he's the same everywhere. This guy's the real deal. So I just wanted to pass this on to my buddy. Justin. Well, thank you for sharing that, Brian, um, and thank you guys for having us. As, my, as you guys heard, my name is Justin. I'm originally from El Paso, Texas, but I moved down there to Colorado Springs. And, then, yeah. and so uh, just a little introduction about myself. I came out of a lot of lies, deception, a lot of darkness, drugs, and alcohol back in 2016. And man, I've seen just the miraculous power of God just take place ever since the day I cried out to him at a bus stop. I was tired of asking for forgiveness over and over again, and I, I didn't even think God forgave me anymore. And so I was, I went to a bus stop and I was crying and I just told God, God, if you don't take me out this lifestyle, this is how I'm going to die. And I was crying and I remember just standing up and then for some reason I looked back at the, bunch, the bu bus bench and all I said is Jesus still forgives today. Yeah. <laughs> And at that moment, I knew the God of the universe loved me greatly, that he had some church put that specific message because he knew I was going to be crying there one day, questioning his love and his forgiveness. And he wanted to know that he loved me greatly to do that for me. And that always stuck with me. And that's where my encounter with God and my adventures with God started. From there, I got connected to a ministry down there in El Paso, Texas for a few years. But I knew there was more that God was calling me to. I, he even had a lady prophesy over me that I was supposed to go to Bible college, and the reason the devil had been trying to kill me for so long was because I was called to preach the gospel. Amen. <laughs> yes, amen. Uh, so after that, my, my mom's friend told me about Kara's Bible college, 
And like the years started passing by and I was like, man, I know I'm supposed to go. I know I'm supposed to go. When is this going to happen, God? But he just had to instill in me what it means to be faithful, what it means to trust in him for any, everything. And so in 2009, no, 2021, I, I finally made it down there the year of COVID. It was a little chaotic, but I was like, man, if I don't go now, I know I'm not going to go. And so I just like, I'm stepping out in faith. And that was a lot of trials and tests there itself. You know, man, just the tuition, um, finding work. I had a job that barely paid anything because they cut my hours. But God is so faithful that I, I was going to quit my job. And I told my the owners of the company, I was like, oh, we'll just pay you more. And they're like, how much do you need? And so, <laughs> uh, uh, so God is faithful. And it starts honestly trusting him in finances. If you can't trust him in your finances, how can you trust him for the supernatural? And my first year of cares was just trusting him in the natural stuff. And my second year at cares, he's been, now you can start trusting me for the supernatural now that you're making it past the steps of the natural. So I just want to encourage you guys all with that word. And I want to thank you guys for having both me and Brian here for this summer. I've met a lot of the pastors this past week, man. And you guys have some powerhouses right there. So I'm excited to learn from them. I'm excited to be able to serve each and every one of you guys. And if you guys want to know more or just want to get to know us, don't hesitate to reach out. Many blessings to all of you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're, we are very blessed, I'm telling you. This is good stuff. Now, since they've come, we've had another opportunity arise, and we're praying through it. We're, we're seeing how God's going to lead. <clears throat> There is a, a, a young man, a young man, actually a young family, who is a friend of Justin's, came from his church. He's the, uh, the youth pastor in El Paso. And uh, when he heard what Justin was doing, he began to pray about it. And uh, he, he has a desire to come and be an intern also, he and his family. And so we're praying through that. They have the, you know, praise God. You know, you've got to be careful how I say this, Okay. You know how it says to, to, to thank God and to, to, to praise Him at all times? You know, no matter what the circumstances are like? Because of COVID, the world's changed. I don't know if you noticed that. But literally, people can work from anywhere now. And, he, and I asked him, I said, so, I mean, okay, you want to move your whole family up here? And he goes, we can work from anywhere. The, her, her job is, a, is an online job. It's, it, it's a, you know, she, she's an she's a, uh, underwriter for a, a trucking company in, 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 uh, in, in Texas. So, yeah, it's, it's an amazing opportunity. They can, they can move. Doesn't, it won't change their life at all, other than be nicer here. Uh, <laughs> he asked me what the weather... Yeah, we, we, were, we were talking about the weather. I said, what's it like? He goes, 98 in hell. <laughs> and I said, well, it's 76, sunny, uh, light breeze is blowing. I think it's heaven. He goes, don't rub it in, man. Don't rub it in. <laughs> but so they're praying about coming up. We're praying about them coming up. We haven't made any final decisions. But one of the things we need, here's, here's, here's a, an opportunity. If anybody has a, a, a place where they could stay, they, you know, one, one of the huge blessings of this summer is Mark Bizacek has opened his home for these guys uh, to stay there. And uh, he is a blessing. I mean, he had two, uh, two bedrooms that were open and, and uh, just has been a, a blessing 
to us and to them, and so that's awesome. So a place to stay, because that's what we're doing. It's, a, it's a, not a paid uh, internship, but it is, uh, we're taking care of housing, we're taking care of some food, we're taking care of their gas as they drive between the, the churches, but uh, we need a place for them to stay. That's one of the, one of the things that'll have to happen, is we'll need somewhere that they can have, they have two little girls, I believe it's two little girls, right? One boy, one girl. I'm sorry. I just was on their web page or uh, Facebook for just real briefly, and I saw a little girl, so I just assumed. See what happens. But it's a husband, wife, and, and two children. And uh, uh, so if anyone has that in their heart, if, if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, let me know, and uh, that would be awesome. But this is uh, going to be a good summer. They're, they're going to be ministering in all kinds of different ways in different places. Uh, they're going to be going up next Sunday to the children's camp. And uh, just to watch and be a part of the day up there, uh, Brian is going to drive them up, and uh, they're going to be there. And then the next week, they're going to go up for, to youth group camp for one day, and, and uh, then they're going to be a part of the, the fair. They're going to be a part of a downtown ministry in St. Paul. They're going to be all over the place. So just to greet them, love on them this summer, make them feel at home. Amen? Amen. Well, turn with me to Acts chapter 1. Release the children. They are released. I got so focused on everything else I was doing. I'm so sorry, kids. You guys are awesome. All right, Acts chapter 1. You know, uh, praise God. Uh, What Brian was sharing and what what, uh, Justin was sharing about the power of God. That's been just on my heart for the last few days is the power of God. And uh, uh, Starting out in Acts chapter 1, beginning with verse 6, says, So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. Verse 8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Power. Power. I mean, you know, praise God. Salvation. Salvation. For you to be saved took power. Took power to, to re, rebirth, re-give you that new birth, to take that old dead spirit and make it alive. That was power. And that was a good power. Praise God for that power. Praise God we don't have to spend eternity separated from God. Praise God for that power. But that's not all the power. That's not the end of the power. You know, when I was, a, I grew up in a church uh, my whole life. I was, you know, my, my family went to church. They went to a good church. They went to a, a Bible preaching church. Uh, they preached salvation there. They preached the word. In Sunday school, man, it was good stuff. It was, I mean, they taught the word, the word, the word, the word. That's where I, I learned most of my, you know, what I learned about the Bible, the stories and all that, the flannel graphs. Praise God for flannel graphs. You know, I mean, just... I mean, these were good people, and they were preaching the truth. And then we went to a Baptist church. Praise God for the Baptist. And there, I, there God began to speak to me about winning the lost, about souls, about people not letting people go to hell. And I went through classes learning how to share my faith. And I still, in many ways, find myself sharing. Whenever I share the gospel, I use the same tactics, the same, the same training. Then I went to college, and I was an idiot. Youth, say, he was an idiot. Yeah, I know, say, your parents brought you up better than that, didn't they? They're all looking at me going, you can't say that, man. I don't, I, you're the pastor. But at that time, I was a, what a kind of a person walks away from God? 
Yeah! Exactly! Exactly! Man, you got life on one hand, and you say, oh, no, I think that's better over there. And, you know, you go that direction. And for years, I walked away from God, ran away from God. And I don't talk a lot about it. I don't talk about the details. I don't want to give any glory to that stuff. But praise God for His love. Man, praise God that He still loves and forgives, and, and He gives you opportunity. And he, he, puts, he puts things ready for you when you hit that moment. He's right there. He's not leaving you to your own devices. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He's not trying to keep you away from Him. He's trying to draw you to Him all the time. But after I came back to Him, you know, I was in the Word, in the Word, in the Word, and, and then I, I got, you know, kept reading about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, got filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to walk in that life. I experienced the power. One day I was praying. I said, Lord, I'm so sorry that I walked away from You. I'm so sorry. That I, was, that I acted like that. I'm so sorry that I, I made those choices. Lord, I'm so sorry. I said, but I don't understand it, Lord. I grew up in a good church. I grew up in good churches. My parents were awesome. And I, but why did I walk away? I said, I don't get it. What, what was it that I, that, that what did I, what, what happened that I would make that choice? And I heard in my spirit, because you never experienced the power. Now, those were good churches, man. They were good churches. But they understood salvation. And they understood a lot of things. But they never talked about the power. The power to heal. The power for miracles. The power for the supernatural. The kind of power Jesus is talking about here. When He said, don't leave Jerusalem, they were already saved. You know that. Theologically, you know, timeline-wise, when were they saved? I don't, I mean, I, I, you know, here's my opinion. Here's what I believe. It says when he walked through the wall, he, you know, they were all afraid. And he says, uh, he said, uh, touch me. You know, I'm real. This is, I'm real. I'm not a spirit. And he says, he, it says that he breathed on them. They received the Holy Spirit. And I, and I believe at that moment is when they got born again. Now, they weren't baptized in the Holy Ghost because he said, wait, don't leave Jerusalem until you get baptized with the Holy Spirit. When you get baptized with the Holy Spirit, you're going to experience power. And I never experienced the power until I was filled with the Holy Ghost. I saw it. I saw different things happen. I saw other, in other people. I was even healed once as a small child because somebody else had the faith to, to pray for me, lay hands on me. But me, myself, I, I never experienced that power. I mean, and that power isn't just, you know, for, for uh, uh, blind eyes open, deaf ears. It's for the power to be a witness. Like what he's saying. Why, why would God, you know, anoint somebody to preach? Because he says it's foolishness otherwise. You know, if, if I get up here and just tell you a bunch of stories, there's no power in it. But if I, if I do it by the Spirit, there's power. And you can live your life by the Spirit. That's how he wants you to live your life. It's not cheating. It's not cheating to live by the Spirit. That's, what he, that's how Adam and Eve first lived. They lived by the Spirit. They were so in the Spirit, they didn't know they were naked. He said naked in church. But it's about the power. It's about the power of God. Jesus talked about the power all the time. 
I was, he, he stole my sermon, man. He stole my sermon. I just want you to say it publicly. Brian stole my sermon. The woman, at the, the woman with the issue of blood put a demand on that power. Jesus didn't even know she was sneaking up behind him. Nobody in the crowd knew she had done it. Why? Because she did it sneakily. But what she did is she put a demand. She goes, if I touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. Do you know that hasn't changed at all? That concept hasn't changed at all. What do I mean by that? What I mean is, you can still put a demand on the Spirit right now. And if you aren't yet, you should quick. Because today there's power. Today there's power. Well, power for what? I don't know. What do you need? What do you need? All right, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Over the last 10 years or more, whenever I preach outside this church, I've shared this before, there's a lot of new folks here though, every time I preach outside of this church, the Lord leads me to these verses. I can't, I can't start a sermon without, without reading these verses. And I, and I haven't only done, this is only the second time I've done it here, never been led to, other than one other time a while back, to read these verses. But every time, every single time I'm in one of the other churches or I'm in another ministry or when I'm overseas, when I'm, when I'm over in, uh, in, in Hungary or wherever, Romania, this is where the Lord always has me start. And you'll see why in just a second. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning with verse 1, says, And I, this is Paul speaking, And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in a demonstration of the Spirit and of power. So that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Why don't people flock to God? Because they don't see the power in the message. They don't. Why aren't people running to the presence of God? Because they haven't seen anything yet that tells them that it's real. Why did Jesus, I mean, by any account, I mean, I can just imagine, you have, you have Jesus Christ who can preach by the Spirit. He, he went through the 40 days in the, in the wilderness. He comes out of the wilderness. He begins to speak and immediately crowds start to come. But what did he do? He did signs and wonders and miracles. He started to lay hands on the sick. He started, you know, he started turning water into wine. He started doing miracles. He started demonstrating the power of God in the natural. So where's the power today? Right here, right now. It's right here, right now. Well, you're going, well, I don't feel any power. Just wait.
If you haven't put a demand, what, what is it in your life? What is it that you need the power of God? You don't, need, you don't need my power, trust me. This is not about me. I'm not sure how this service ends quite yet. But I have a sneaking suspicion it's not going to be me doing anything. I think it's going to be God. I know it's going to be God demonstrating His power. But one of the things we have to do by faith is to demand, put a demand, put a, a, a pull on that anointing. Lord, okay, your word says that you have given us power over what? What has he given us power over? Serpents, scorpions, death. All the power of the enemy. Jesus went about doing good and healing and delivering and setting free the captives and doing living. I have the verse, I'm pretty sure. I got ahead of myself. Acts chapter 10. Go to Acts chapter 10, beginning with verse 36. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he, Jesus is the Lord of all, you yourselves know that what happened throughout all Judea, this is verse 37, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed, verse 38, okay, after the baptism that John proclaimed, Jesus went and was baptized by John. John says, I don't want to do that. I'm not even, I can't even touch your shoelaces, man. You're, you're way beyond me. Jesus says, I have to do this. You have to baptize me. Why? Because it happened after the baptism. It happened, it happened. He says this to fulfill all righteousness. The moment he submitted himself, he humbled himself to John's baptism. When he came out, he was filled with the Holy Ghost. And power went into the desert 40 days in the desert he comes out and what what starts happening miracles 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 how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Now, I don't know about you, but there is an opportunity this week, this last week, where you may have been oppressed by the devil at some point. Anything that is outside of good, perfect, love, joy, peace, Anything that is outside of the good that the Father from above brings is evil. All those who are oppressed by the devil, all those who are oppressed by evil. It's an, there is an opportunity in this world to have to deal with oppression. Brian, Brian shared that before he walked up on that stage that day, he said all kinds of oppression, all kinds of pressure and, and, and terrible thoughts, horrible thoughts. Man, if you knew how many Sunday mornings I walk in this building fighting that pressure. If you've ever preached, if you've ever shared your faith, anybody ever shared their faith and immediately you started feeling, oh, who am I to start talking about? Who am I? Why should I, I, why should they listen to me? Well, I'll probably screw it up. I probably can't, I can't, I can't do, I, I don't deserve to do that. What is that? Is that the Holy Spirit? No. no. 
That's the devil. But praise God. We don't listen to the devil anymore. We don't listen to that fear. We don't listen to that oppression. My staff knows. They, I, don't, I don't tell hardly anybody. There's a lot of Sundays. If you ever see me up here doing this, because it's all I can do to keep standing up because the, just the pressure of the devil trying to keep me from speaking the truth. But guess what? I don't listen to him anymore. And by the end, I feel great. Sometimes. Power. The power of the Holy Spirit is yours. The power of the Holy Spirit is ours. The power. We don't have to walk around just hoping we make it through the day anymore. He's given us the power. Well, I've never seen the power. Then get, then get so tired of not seeing the power that you go, all right, God, I'm in. I'm in. I want, I want to experience you. He's not, he's not scared of that. You say, well, don't, don't put God to the test. You're not putting him to the test. You're putting a demand on him. There's a huge difference. But the difference is, if your God do this, hello. He's not manipulated. We know he's God. Since you're God. Every promise that you've given me is yes and amen. amen. Everything is mine. You've given me everything I need for life and godliness. Everything. Everybody say everything. everything. He's given us everything. everything. Look at somebody and say, he's given me everything. Turn to somebody else and say, he's given me everything. Now that might be hard for you. You might go, I don't know if I can say that. Say it again then. Say it to somebody else. Turn around. Tell somebody behind you or in front of you. He's given me everything. Jamie, he's given me everything. Jamie, he's given you everything. My goodness. I have a refrigerator at home. And in my refrigerator, well, even better than my refrigerator... Next to my refrigerator is a cupboard. And in this cupboard is everything good. In this cupboard are Reese's peanut butter cups. In this cupboard is Chicago mix. Chicago mix is half cheese popcorn, half caramel corn. Oh my goodness. I'm telling you, it will be in heaven. Chicago mix will be in heaven. In my cupboard. My cupboard overfloweth. Because of my wifeeth. She's awesomeeth. I can go to my cupboard anytime I want and get what's mine. Ooh. Let's say that again. I can go to the cupboard anytime I want and get what's mine. But wait a second, I thought that's God. Yeah, it is God, but he's given everything that I need for life and God. He, he is 
He's better than my wife, but I, I don't know how to say that. <laughs> There's nothing else better than my wife but God. Okay, there. I, uh, but, amen. But she supplies all my cupboardeth needs. God is better than that. He said, I've given you everything you need for life and godliness. Go to the cupboard and get some. Well, uh, that just sounds sacrilegious. Well, then get over it. It's not sacrilegious. It's life. You know what? You want to know something great? You want to know something great? Is I can go there anytime I want. My wife can go there anytime she wants. Guess who else can go there anytime they want? My kids. My kids can go to that cupboard and get anything they want anytime they want. Why? Because I love them. And when my grandbaby can walk, I'll give her all the sugar she wants. (laughs) And a kitten. They can go there anytime they want. You know what's even better than that? Because when I said it before, I said, guess who else can go to my cupboard? I saw about 10 hands get raised immediately. Because all my kids' friends know the cupboard. All my kids, they know, they don't have to ask. They, I, don't, I, haven't, I don't think I've had any of them ask in wee, months, years even. Why? Because they don't have to ask. They just go get it. My wife even stocks their favorites. So hang out with us a while. She'll stock your favorite. Yeah, right. I'm busy this afternoon. All right. But God's never busy. That's the best part is he's never busy. You can always go to him. You can always go and get what he's already given you. So what do you need? What do you need? What do you need? What do you need? What is it that you can put a demand on the Spirit of God? Today, he says, 1 Thessalonians 1, 4, says, For we know, brothers loved by God, that He has chosen you. Man, just let that sink in. Let me read that again. 1 Thessalonians 1, 4. For we know, brothers loved by God. Do you know that you're loved by God? Say, say this to yourself. Don't, this is not, I'm not trying to, I, but say this to yourself. I'm loved by God. I'm loved by God. You know, there was a day in my life when I couldn't say that. There may be a day, you may, you may be experiencing right this moment where you can't say that with confidence. But it's true, it's true, it's true, it's true. You are loved by God. There's nothing between Him and you except your pride, maybe. Your disobedience. He's standing right there waiting for you. He was at that park bench months probably, or weeks, months, weeks or months, maybe even years before Justin went and sat down there and needed to hear that, see that. He was already there. He already provided everything that Justin needed that day. He's provided everything you need, whatever you need right now. It may be healing. It may be provision. It may be peace. You might be struggling with something. That, that is, that, you know, the lack of peace or fear is no, it's not, it's not, that's not less than 
sickness or cancer or whatever. Need is need. Man, uh, Brian needed peace in that moment. You need peace when, you, when, when you're under attack and God's leading you to do something. All you have to do is reach out and say, God, I'm in. I reach out, I touch the hem of your garment. We can use that as a metaphor. I put a demand on you. This morning, I've, I said, Lord, I'm in, but I need you. I need you. I mean, I can get up here and say stuff, but I don't do that. I don't ever come up here and just say stuff. I want to come up here and say what God's saying, and obviously, obviously, because he was talking to Brian about power, well, you know, at the same time he's talking about me about power, and we didn't talk. And she's picking all kinds of sour songs with the word power in it. I'm just chuckling to myself. Why? Because he wants you to know you personally, you personally, you personally. He is saying you can touch the hem of his garment. You can grab that power and say, it is mine. For whatever it is, if it's sickness, if it's fear, if it's provision, if if it's a job, if it's a mate, if it's a whatever. Say, God, I can't do this in my own strength. Close your eyes for just a moment. It's the best way I can do it so that you're not looking at somebody else, thinking what somebody else is doing, thinking, seeing. You personally know what you need. I know what I need. I know what I need all day, every day. He wants you to know there is more than enough power this morning to solve that situation. I mean, solve it. Solve it once and for all, completely. Complete restoration of a relationship. Complete restoration of your body. Complete provision of that need. And it isn't isn't about another person. It's about Him. You have the Holy Spirit. You have Him. And this morning, I want you to actively do that however He leads. I want you to actively reach out to Him and say, I need more of you. I'm drawing on your power today for this situation. And I'm going to trust you that you have this situation completely in your hands and that you're going to meet my needs according to your riches and glory. Those needs and those riches aren't just money. Sometimes they are money, but they're all everything else, everything else. He has given you everything you need. Accept it. If, you're, if right now, for some reason, you're feeling like, well, I don't deserve it, then I'm, I'm going to stand with you. I'm putting my faith with you. Then you reach out that God deals with that need. Because you need to understand. You need to know that you know that you know that He loves you. And He has forgiven you a long time ago. He holds nothing against you. And He loves you and He wants you in His family and He wants you close to Him and He wants to give you the cupboard. 
I want you to know that today, beyond a shadow of a doubt. I don't want you to walk out these doors until you know that. That's the power of God. The power of God is, is not me waving my hand or, or doing, saying some, some specific words. The power of God is His anointing destroying yokes of bondage, lies, fear, lack. It's Him doing it. He may use another person every once in a while. But He wants you to know that He'll do it for you, for you, just for you, right here, right now. He has done it. It's yours. We can live in this. We can live in this power. We, we, that's how we were created, is to live in the power, to be completely different. To live differently than the rest of the world. Father, as we sit here in your presence, and we, across this room, are putting that that demand on your word, on your faithfulness, on your character, on your love. I thank you, Father, that your answers are yes and amen. Your answers are yes. Our answer is amen. Let it be so. Let it be done. <coughs> Father, I thank you for the, for the testimonies that we're going to hear about what happened when people stepped over and said, I want to live in that power. Thank you for it, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. For each and every one of these here, each and every person watching online, listening online, wherever they are, whenever they are, that they have taken a step up in their walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, tomorrow, because I understand how this works, Satan's going to try to talk you out of it. Maybe even this afternoon. That's when you look at it, you don't look at it. You just go, you're a liar. You're a liar. All you do is lie. I'm not listening to you. La, 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 la. You're a liar. He's a liar. If his lips are moving, he's a liar. Don't listen to him. But quote the word. These verses. Quote these verses. Other verses. There's so many places where it talks about you can walk in the power. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Praise, praise God. Um, Jesus said in the Gospel of Luke uh, 19, I think, occupy till I come that has a um, that has a, a military application in the sense of uh, an army holding their ground and then advancing. It has business uh, implications. It was the master that entrusted his servants with uh, certain numbers of, um, of talents that they were to uh, not only hold on to but to multiply. But he said, occupy till I come. I, a long time ago, I, I, I seem to recall commercials on the radio. Um, hello, this is Tom from Motel 8, 
and he would go through his little script and he said, Motel 8, we'll leave, we'll leave the light on for you. Remember that? This is Tom from Motel 8, we'll leave the light on for you. And I was thinking about all of you that kept this place in operation and left the light on until I got here. What about all the people that God is going to be sending here that, that it's, our, it's our job to, to um, stay together, to keep loving each other, to, to um, uh, keep what we have and, and keep advancing it and keep pushing the light out uh, so that this place is a, is a good and fit place for God to to send to, to send people, and we're we're leaving the light on for them. So that was that was some of my thoughts about that. Yeah, we keep the light on for all the people that that will be coming. I love everything that's going on here with all the outreaches and. And how there's always a vision to keep on, to, to keep on spreading the gospel and, and moving out and advancing. Um, that's very good, and it's an honor to be a part of this. The church is a, the the church is an outpost of heaven, and so when people need to experience God, when they need to experience the kingdom of God. They need, to, they, they need to be able to find that here. And it's an honor to be a part of it. And it's uh, when, when we give out of charity towards a need, very often we give little. But when there's something that inspires our heart and it's really, really cool to be a part of it, then we'll give our best gift. And that's how we need to see this. Because that, that is the reality. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. It is an honor to be a part of this and to invest in the kingdom of God. It's not giving our money away. It's setting ourselves up for greater things. It's setting this ministry up for greater things. And it's an investment that will, uh, that, that will increase your kingdom in our, in our time. And we thank you for it. Ask you to bless every giver and every gift, every tithe and every offering as we receive it today in Jesus' name. Everybody stand, let's pray and we'll dismiss. Lord, thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing. Thank, bless this body, bless as we go out today and that we experience your power and are able to give it away to others. The power, your power of your might. We thank you for this day, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.